Don't forget to like, follow, subscribe, and turn on notifications so that you will receive alerts when there are new episodes. Go get it. Grinding for so long, I wake up and chase my goals. I go out and I go get it. How to code, that's all I know. I don't succeed, then I don't breathe. Success, what does it mean? If I conquer all my goals, then I'm living out my dream. Dig deep, go out and get it. Success Chronicles, compete until it's finished. Success Chronicles, go take care of your business. Success Chronicles, it's deeper than just winning. Success Chronicles. Hey, what's up, everybody? This is Chip Baker coming to you with another episode of the Success Chronicles. And today we have Mr. Stephen Cleveland, the professor, uh, prof, uh, great man, uh, ethnic studies professor, filmmaker, involved in lots that's truly making a positive difference. And I'm so thankful to have him on this episode of the Success Chronicles. So first off, thanks so much for taking the time to interview with the Success Chronicles. It's a pleasure, brother. Thanks for having me. Yes, sir. Well, let's dive into it. I know off air, uh, we talked a little bit about your amazing story, but if you don't mind sharing some of that story and tracking your story till now. Most definitely. I always tell people, you know, I have this triangle that is my life. I was born in Birmingham, Alabama, uh, and we sort of moved and, and ended up in Northern California uh, when I was an uh, eighth grader. Eighth grader, we moved there. So I was at last year of junior high. Uh, and then from there, I went to my undergrad uh, in, uh, in Southern California, uh, went to UCLA for my undergrad, and I did uh, MFA program at USC. Uh, then after that, I moved back to Alabama, reconnected. I went to reconnect with family, all my cousins when they were grown, just so I can have real relationships with them. Uh, and then from there, uh, I, I met my wife, and we moved to Northern California, uh, where I, I started teaching at, in, uh, at Cal State East Bay, which is in Hayward, uh, and been there, uh, been teaching there since. Uh, but then we moved to Southern California, where is where most of my film work is. And so uh, now I live in Southern California. So it's this triangle, which is my life. And a triangle is really, uh, an, it's amazingly steeped in African-American history from uh, the civil rights era uh, Birmingham to Black Power Movement in uh, Northern California lived right uh, by uh, a, a, a Muslim bakery. I discovered bean pies at a you know at a formative age, yep. uh, and then going from there to UCLA, which was the first place to have African American Studies course, right, which was the first incarnation of ethnic studies. Uh, uh, and, and a long history of civil rights on that campus. So that trilogy, that trinity. Uh, of my lived experience is very connected to uh, the thematic sort of pursuits of my life as an ethnic studies professor and filmmaker. Good stuff. Well, what are three things you've accomplished in your life that you're proud of? I was saying, uh, I was thinking about this. I think it, what, first and foremost is just being a family man. Yeah. Like it's been, uh, as I've grown, I mean, I, I think, you know, you take for granted uh, the work that you do Right, that the, the role that you have uh, in leading your family, uh, in, in guiding, or because uh, uh, you know, not all of my folks. Uh, I was a first-generation college student, right? So, so the access I had to education is the thing that I learned to be able to bring those back, not only to my mom and dad, and and my eventually my daughter and my daughter. And so, so that 
that just not to share it there, but also to share it with my extended family, right? I've realized uh, that. And so being a part of the family, being engaged in family, doing that actively while still pursuing the other stuff, that's probably the, you know, one, one of the, the biggest things that I, I sort of have uh, that I think of. Um, I also think about uh, the other thing is like my two, two decades as a professor, I, I never wanted to teach. Like teaching was not something like I, I wasn't, I didn't love my teachers when I was in school and I never thought about teaching as a thing. Now to be fair, I come from a whole line of teachers. Like all of my cousins are teachers and uh, my, my aunts and were all ran sort of uh, the church in daycares, you know what I mean? So the yep. idea of teaching was very I know much that life. <laughs> <laughs> the center of it, right? All yeah. of it, that was family. That's what we did. But, uh, you know, I'm proud of the fact that I, I not just did it, but the discipline it takes to stick with something. You know what I mean? It really has been amazing to explore uh, Blackness uh, from this capacity uh, for the last couple of decades. And that's been something I'm super, super proud of. And, and last and certainly not least is, being able to work with Charles Burnett, man, it is so crazy for me in thinking of my life story. Charles Burnett, uh, who produced the film Killer of Sheep, he, was a, he went to UCLA as I did, uh, a, a guy who, who made me, sparked my interest in filmmaking, and I met mm. uh, while he was doing a lecture at USC, and my mentor was an editor for him, and so my mentor ended up introducing me to him and over the years developing a real bond with him as a mentor and as a friend uh, and now to be doing a project with him right doing a project not just any project but a project telling a, a story of MLK that many people don't know about like being able to do this with him uh, is really this ultimate sort of like uh, fulfillment right of, of, of what you know I feel like of my purpose of the thing that I've yeah. committed my life to and so you know, I think, you know, that's what I think about. Like, I think all of them are connected to that. Like for me, you know, I was putting my family to be who I am to my family, right? Imperfect as I am, but that's that's what it is. And so fulfilling that purpose is awesome. Uh, fulfilling, uh, you know, your being a leader in the community uh, as, as a uh, entitled lecturer at, at, in ethnic studies at, at Cal State East Bay, being a leader in that community. Uh, and then, you know, being able to do work with, somebody who laid the path for me and to be able to sort of with him lay the path for the next generation. And that's something I'm super proud of. Those are definitely uh, three things to be proud of. Talk to us more about the project that you're doing with, uh, with Charles Burnett and the, the title and, you know, kind of how that came about and, you know, the future for it, if you don't mind. Well, definitely. The project is called The King in Paradise. Mm -hmm. And it looks at uh, the, the five-day trip he took in 1959 to Hawaii. Uh, which was the first of two trips that he took there. He went back there in 64. Uh, but that the trip was awesome in a sense that uh, it was the first time that he had talked to such a big audience of non-Black or white folks. So most of the time people think of him as like dealing and living in Black and white. But uh, this was a moment where we see the impact he had beyond just Black and white folks in America. And it sort of hints to uh, the growth of his uh, celebrity, right? He, he, at 59, he had, uh, a week, he was a year after he'd done his book, his first book, and then he, um, you know, he, he his first his biggest success I think was Montgomery to that date, and so he wasn't that big, right? He wasn't the dude that he would become, right? And so 
you know, it, it was interesting reading uh, and looking at the newspaper and seeing it not on the front page, right? You yeah. think about it, and like it, came, it was like a third, fourth, fifth pager, right? And it was only a thousand people that came to the first event that he was scheduled to do. But what was historic about this trip is he happened to be there three weeks after Hawaii had become annexed. So Hawaii officially became the state. Uh, and he was invited, not before he came, but after he landed, to uh, be the first diplomat to speak before the Hawaiian state legislature. So he, he did this speech there, uh, a, a speech that, you know, was a combination of many different speeches he, he does. Uh, but the speech was very much thematically about segregation and the need to fight it. And, and this was, the, the, at the time, the incarnation of uh, systematic racism uh, as he was fighting, right? The idea that separately but equal, this notion of somehow uh, you can deliver these things uh, both, uh, which was not true, right? And I think that's the world we live in right now where folks are seeing this separate but equal world that we're walking in and they're like, yeah, no, it's, it's fine. You know, black people, uh, meritocracy that I talked about earlier, what we got, oh, this notion of meritocracy. Uh, when it comes to uh, systems like education, when it comes to system like uh, justice system, uh, this is a notion of meritocracy uh, and that, that he fought right firmly and it was like no this you know this idea of doing things that it's separate you know this is, but, but it's equal somehow it's like no we're treated differently and that different treatment really does impair our ability to fully join this union and it's one of the most uh, it's one of the largest failures of America uh, which is to live up to its notion that everybody would have access and everyone would be able to be equal and so over and over again black folks are reminded that they are not equal. Now, not saying that I, I you know, I, I, like I say, I, I am one for focusing on transition and transcending out of that. Like, I don't want to spend all my energy fighting against systematic oppression. In a way, it feeds that energy for us focused there. So I'm looking at ways to transition, transcend, move forward. I want to do that as a people, but it is important for you to also acknowledge history or you will be damned to repeat it. And I think that's the reason why I very much think it's important for us to acknowledge it, not that it's the only energy we have, but acknowledge the fact that, uh, you know, systematic uh, racism exists. So this trip he did uh, was really about informing people. He was out there doing, uh, he was talking to, uh, to, to, the, um, to the people who were elected officials. He was, he was getting people to support legislature. Uh, he was getting the hearts and mind of people on his side. And it, it really spoke to his talent, uh, to ta uh, tactics, right? This idea of not just sort of feeling like, hey, I won't change, I won't change. And like, you're on the screen, he was like, no, what's my strategy here? How do I move people? How do I leverage resources? And he just was a great tactician. And I think that this film is going to give us a chance to sort of look at that tactician in him and how it played out in these five days he was visiting. But also thematically, his speech was about uh, a need for us to move beyond uh, the, the, the extremes. He talked about extreme pessimists who felt like America would never live up to, to the promises that it made for us. Uh, and then extreme optimists who are like, look, just look at how far we've come. Y'all just need to wait. We don't need you to fight against this. Just, you know, we got this, we're moving there, right? And he was saying that there's a need for a realist in this moment who acknowledge, yes, we have come a long way, but also we have a long way to go. And so that speech was very much about saying, like, how do we uh, to get 
sustainable change that delivers it on a regular way, right? In a way that just doesn't sit on our laurels and be happy with the fact that we're not as bad as we were, but also uh, looks to figure out what we can do. So thematically, that's what this is all about. Uh, it's the journey uh, of me taking a group of young people to discover the story uh, and then them reflecting uh, what they got from it, right? Uh, at the same time, the movie will have some journalistic uh, clips from the, the Black Lives moment that we're in, right? The ideas of the statues, uh, uh, the Confederate statues, the idea of reparations or not, the notion of Black Lives Matter uh, pushing for defunding police. Uh, those conversations will be there in sort of journalistic clips uh, while we examine this trip from the perspective of, uh, of, of teaching young people about King and his tactics and, and how he moved and thinking about what are the lessons MLK have for this moment that we're in. And, and so I'm super excited about it, uh, not only doing it, but doing it with Charles. Uh, and so uh, that's where we are. We're, we're, um, we're currently in phase two fundraising, uh, looking to go to Hawaii and shoot a short and uh, collect some uh, some some stories from our elders because you know with corona we really have concerns about some of the people just not being around uh, folks are getting older and there are people who the people who were there when when mlk was there in 59 you know so they were 16 17 year old when they were 50, 50, uh, 59 so they're in their 80s and and so it's time for us to get there and get these stories um and so yeah that's what we're doing right now so uh, I'm sure we'll share share the site where people can go and, and see how they can join the team and support. Yes. Uh, but yes, yeah, it's, it's it's a pleasure, man. It's 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 humbling but super exciting uh, to be able to uh, you know to to be with the guy who got me uh, into filmmaking, telling the story about the guy who inspires me uh, in terms of what I do in ethnic studies. It's pretty like I feel very lucky to be uh, on this journey. You know, that's powerful. And that's that's certainly what I was thinking, too, just hearing you talk about it and just seeing the joy that it brings you to be able to do it. I was just thinking to myself, man, how cool is that to, you know, uh, work with a legendary filmmaker, you know, in pursuit to you know, show appreciation and highlight another legendary guy, you know, that, that we all look up to and, you know, strive to be like um, in making a legendary product. You know, so so how how cool is that? And man, super excited for you. Um, uh, you know, excited to see the product. Excited to see and help. You know, promote the journey as well because I think it's amazing. Uh, something that I wholeheartedly believe in as well. So, in hearing your 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 really neat journey, uh, in hearing about the the things that you're you're proud of, uh, in hearing about. Uh, the legendary acts that you're a part of, uh, I would consider all that to be hugely successful. So let's hit on success. What is your definition of success? I really think that success is is really connected to uh, le legacy. Uh, and legacy is very connected to uh, our ancestors, right? Uh, so I'd say that one of the things that I became very aware of is that oftentimes we think of ancestors as people who died and who read about in books. But the truth is, is that 
most of our ancestry, most of the line that we're following is really connected to our parental lines, right? So it's really about aunties, uncles, grandmas. Those are the biggest influences on our lives, right? And so to me, the idea of fulfilling my dad's dream of getting a college education, he's a guy who served uh, and returned home to a segregated Birmingham, which didn't allow him to enroll in college. You know what I mean? So he wanted to go, but there were white registrars who just wouldn't allow him to to take care to take his GI Bill. And and so me, I'm fulfilling his dream of doing that. Like I say, David Walker's Appeal is a really big book for a young person, even though it's super thin, right? And that was the first book I read, and he gave that to me and laid the foundations for me to end up becoming a filmmaker and an educator, in particular an African-Americanist, uh, he gave me the foundational tools. I read Autobiography of Ex-Color Man before, you know, I was, uh, I, 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 first of all, I was reading, yeah, at that age, right? But I was reading books that were like pretty thick. And, 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 and it was just, you know, he set expectations for me which uh, allowed for me to achieve at a, such a high level, right? And, and so he, I feel like I feel like in terms of legacy, it's not about my legacy. It's the legacy of MLK. It's the legacy of my father. It's the legacy of Charles Burnett. So it's me being connected. Legacy is not about ego. It's not about individualism. It's about walking your purpose uh, and being obedient uh, and 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 delivering what what what's meant for you to deliver. Uh, but then the other part is joy, man. That's the other part to me in terms of success is joy. It's like while doing that, having joy. And one of the things that I embrace very much every morning is that I, no matter what's going on financially or what's going on with Corona or the president or whatever's going on in the world, every morning, man, I choose joy. That's it. Yeah. I just like, hey, people yeah. like always ask me like, why are you, why are you so happy? Like, I know blah, blah, blah happened. And, you know, whatever. And it's like, why are you always so happy? I was like, because my mama taught me. My mama taught me this. And she taught it to me at a time that I didn't even, I didn't know what she was talking about. She was like, baby, you can always choose joy. And I was like, yeah, that's crazy. Whatever. That didn't make no sense to me. And then I got older and I was like, wait, I woke up this morning and I'm like, I have the ability to choose to be joyful about what I got to do. But I was like, man, it's so simple, right? And it's, it's a shift. And that joy begets joy, it begets joy, and to me, that's success. So being joyful, uh, being joyful while, while delivering uh, something that sort of, you know, delivering something that can be legendary, something that has a legacy, something that my daughter, a, a bridge that my daughter can then walk over and build and walk, you know, and leave for the next generation. So those two pieces to me seem, you know, to be most important to me in terms of what, what success looks like. And so right now is a big legacy piece of it. I'm, you know, I'm spending these years like trying to do as much as I can do. Uh, before, I mean, again, I told my wife, I was like, before I retire, right? Then I'm looking forward to hanging out and making it about her and the kids and the grandkids and, and my extended family and my friends like that. To me, I, I know, the vision of life is both the work, right? But also, building in the joy and knowing what you need to make that joy for yourself is as important as as being clear about what you want to be remembered for. That's awesome. Well, before we get off, if you don't mind sharing with the audience where they can go follow you and check you out and show you some love with all of the amazing things you have going on. Yeah, most definitely. Instagram is my main hang uh, at the Prof Life. 
Um, and so, yeah, just check me out there. Uh, you can check out the project at, at www.akingandparadise.com. It'll uh, take you to our uh, crowdfunding page, which has all the updated information on it, on what's going on in terms of the fundraising efforts and all our new people that we have coming on board to support us, which is exciting. Uh, so those are the best places to catch me. Uh, and, you know, I, you know, I'm so, so excited uh, to be able to share uh, this sort of with folks, right? And hopefully uh, the way that I approach my life can sort of inspire folks to, to find a way to, you know, to put together their life. Again, to me, big, big up to joy, right? Big up to uh, joy, right? Not just, not just about what you leave here, but like how you do it, man. You got to do it in a way that, 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 not only gives you joy, but brings joy to the other people around you. That's awesome. Well, uh, truly, again, truly thankful for the opportunity uh, to hang out with you and interview you. Um, I wish you continued success on everything that you have going on. Thank you so much, man. Very much a pleasure. Uh, and uh, yeah, looking forward to, to continue to build, my friend. Yes, sir. Well, thank you guys for taking out this episode. We'll see you next time. God bless. Go get it.